Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Ah, yes. I love the sounds of air dryers in the evening. Air dryers, not hair dryers. Because honestly, with my do, I don't need that right now. We had the number one out three weeks ago and um, I'm still struggling to even run my hands uh, through it, to be honest. Hello, everybody, and welcome uh, to our live coverage of FP1. Uh, You know, you can use air dryers as much as you want to move water but there's nothing better than getting some road tyres some street tyres on it and that's what the guys are doing at the moment magnificent stuff from track services hello to our VP Racing Fuels pit and paddock reporter Shea Adam I'm not sure we thought this would be possible but my goodness they've done a cracking job at Sebring they really have uh, it's possible to go green flag on this session not necessarily going to stay green because there is a lot of water around the track and that tends to attract well cars to walls and such so people going out there are going to have to be extra careful tiptoeing around at the very least the first few laps to try and make sure that they can figure out how to drive Sebring with this much amount of water on it but there are also going to be people tiptoeing around because they haven't driven a race car in quite a long time I'm thinking of the LMP2 class drivers. We have five LMP2 cars. They are back for the first time since the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona back in January. And, of course, we welcome back Felipe Nazar, who missed the round two weeks ago at Daytona because he had tested positive for COVID-19. He has now taken two tests, come back negative in both of them, and he has climbed behind the wheel of the 31 Wheel and Engineering, the uh, car that he and Pippo Durrani shared last year to a win at the Sebring 12 hours so it's going to be Felipe's first laps too and I bet you John he doesn't care if it's wet out there he just wants to go Uh, and here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre is Jeremy Shaw with me uh, John Heindhoff I honestly thought we weren't going to get this uh, off tonight to be honest uh, Jeremy Uh, a a gargantuan amount of work that's gone on and and what is nice is I thought you know, we're going to clear this and no teams are going to want to go out. And the moment that we got the five-minute warning to open the pit lane, the teams were in there like the proverbial rat up a dream pipe. Fantastic. Well, yes, John. Uh, I mean, you know, there's certainly a likelihood of this happening tomorrow or some, some sort of weather tomorrow. So the uh, the teams really do need as much track time as they can possibly get. So uh, as soon as we go green, we will see... Uh, I'm not going to say an avalanche of cars out there, but we'll see a lot of cars out on the racetrack, I think, right away. And they'll try to turn as many laps as they can. As Shea said, you know, conditions are going to be pretty tricky out there. It's Yeah, there's a fair bit of water, but it is still fairly warm. Um, and I think it'll dry out reasonably quickly. There is a bit of a breeze now. There wasn't, if you remember, a little while ago, was there? So I'm sure the track will dry, dry out fairly quickly. And I'm sure that there is information to be learned for all of the teams. 25 degrees Celsius in the air, 27 on the track. That's dropped about seven or eight degrees since the end of the Michelin Pilot Challenge race. 
Uh, and humidity is 91% at the moment. Not much wind as it stands at the moment. Um, we have got cars moving around and still coming to the pit lane, including the number seven Acura, which is coming out of the paddock area and has come onto the track at the entrance of turn 17 and drives into the pit lane. Uh, and that means we've got a pretty full pit lane, Jeremy, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd be surprised if everybody didn't go out. I, I really would. Um, I could say, yeah, the weather conditions tomorrow could be could be similar. It certainly could be wet. So, you know, why not get out there and learn what uh, anything you can in preparation for tomorrow night? At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch, um, we've got the... Uh, Skype chat up, uh, sorry, we've got the uh, Twitter chat up and running. Uh, one of the issues is that the water is being brushed off and it really hasn't got very many places to go. So it, it's kind of being brushed off and then coming back. But I do think, um, I do think that if we got 25 cars out there or so, that might help because if we know anything, Mr. Shaw, we know that Michelin tyres are very good at clearing water. Yeah, they're going to need to be. Look at that the big puddle there over in the Jean de Bien curves as one of the uh, safety trucks goes through. Yeah, they do. I mean, you know, as you, you've said before, there's, there's, there's no intermediate tyres. It's wets or dries. Uh, but uh, the wets are pretty durable. And uh, I think they're durable, going to need to be yeah. because, uh, it, you know, it is, it is, I think, going to dry out reasonably quickly. I would think within 20 minutes or you know, by, by, by halfway through this one-hour session, we should get uh, yeah some some lap times reasonably competitive in terms of of dry weather times, and I would hope by a little bit after that we we might be even onto slick tyres. Yeah, and this is a, an all skate. This is rain. It's an all skate. It's everybody. Uh, so no messing about splitting the categories uh, as we're getting ready down in the pit lane to. Uh, release the cars. Uh, have we actually got a green flag yet? No, not quite yet. Uh, so it's a full one hour for everybody. And uh, Gradient Racing, welcome uh, to the show and welcome to the big show for that team. Good to have them back again for this. Uh, and let's not forget that as far as GTD is concerned, uh, this is Sprint Cup points only. And that was Mark Miller's helmet that we saw in the Gradient team uh, as they were getting ready to go. Uh, I'm quite impressed, Jeremy, with the amount of GT Daytonas we've got, given that this is just a Sprint Cup round. And we, we've got a, a pretty full complement here. Yeah, it's good to see, isn't it? Uh, I mean, we, we saw a super race at Daytona, which was the first round of the uh, WeatherTech Sprint Cup for this year and uh, everybody back again here so a full full complement of cars nine different manufacturers a dozen cars yeah lots of fun it should be a really really good race I mean that's going to be uh, I guess there's only 10 entries aren't there but it's going to be a you know, super a super field I think and 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 yeah, picking a winner out of that one is going to be very very difficult the the McLaren was very very fast at Daytona uh, going to be interesting to see if they can match that here this weekend as well Shea Adam is our VP Racing Fuels Pit and Paddock Correspondent 
or reporter if you uh, prepare uh, 29 entries now i said at the start of the year if we got um, between 20 and 25 i thought it'd be good i thought if we got between 25 and 30 it would be excellent and we're on 29 at the moment um there are a few people not here for some some for very good reasons uh, but i think we should celebrate the people we've got again as we were seeing at, sea, at, at uh, daytona Completely agree. And if you look at the prototypes as a whole, both DPI and LMP2, everyone who ran at the Rolex, save for the winning car at the Rolex and LMP2, were down one car out of all those prototypes. That is just a phenomenal turnout. GTLM, yes, we're missing the Risi Competency Ferrari, but that's still down one car. In GTD, it's you're completely right. It's a matter of who we've got. And the fact that this is a sprint-only race means that we are missing the Meyer-Shank Racing Acuras from this competition. They aren't going for the sprint championship. They're going for the full season thing. So the people we've got here at the track this weekend have dedicated themselves to try and claim that sprint championship. And that puts them in a different mentality to everyone else going for the full season championship. That's going to play out interesting as we get further into the season. I hear engines getting fired as we have got cars rolling and it's a sprint out to the end of the pit lane and it will be the 911 Porsche that gets out first with Fred Makovecki behind the wheel of the 911. He's followed out by the 77 Mazda. Not sure this is the summer of Mazda conditions that they were really hoping for to to be honest, it's Tristan Nunez who took that car out, but immediately going past them to get a bit of track position is the Lamborghini. Did you see who was in the Lamborghini, Cher? That would most likely be Andy Lally. Let me scroll through. Yep, it's it, Lally. Of course it is. Of course it Mad is. Man. Lally, who I hear has had a very sensible offer uh, to go and drive some of the road course races at Daytona needs to find a couple of sponsors uh, and that's a, a common a, a common conversation that I've had with a number of IMSA drivers who have offered their services for the NASCAR uh, Daytona road course uh, races and uh, including uh, I think one or both of the Taylor uh, the Taylor brothers share wasn't it who thinks he might have an ARCA race and, and maybe something else well, Jordan did get an offer, he thinks, for the ARCA race. And uh, aside from him, we know that Nick Candy is chomping at the bit to get an opportunity to do it, as is Earl Bamber. They both said that on Twitter. Jack Coxworth has a long association with running in Xfinity, so there could be a possible opportunity for him there with his Lexus Toyota ties. We've got many drivers in the paddock who are interested, as well as Andy Lally, who we know does have an interesting prospect, just needs a little bit more of the budget. Everybody in the IMSA paddock would love to do it, but I count about five who it looks really, really likely for an opportunity to run come August. Um, we should pass our best wishes on to what should have been a sixth, which would have been Catherine Legg. Catherine had a very nasty testing accident at Lucastole, Paul, Circuit Paul Ricard, um, a couple of days ago now, uh, where her prototype LMP2 car left the road at very high speed at seen at the back the bottom end of the backs straight there's an awful lot of runoff there but you are going very quickly indeed she made heavy contact with the wall and has uh, 
sadly broken her left leg, which has required surgery, which we ha she had earlier on on uh, Friday at European time. Also sprained a wrist as well, but already working on her recovery and working with a physio. Uh, if you follow Catherine on either Twitter or Instagram, you'll have seen her sitting up in bed, thumbs up, uh, and the car has been rebuilt, the Orica has been rebuilt and will race this weekend with uh, a replacement driver. Sadly, uh, it will now not be an all-female crew because uh, Sophia Flosh, who was the third driver there, she's doing FP3 this weekend. So they've uh, they've had to draft somebody else in, but we uh, it was Andrea Negrau who they drafted back in to partner uh, Tatiana Calderon, uh, and also we saw that the Gear Motorsports entry has withdrawn from Le Mans as well today. Le Mans down to 60 uh, runners, but one should say 60 in the current climate is very good indeed. Nevertheless, we pass on our best to Catherine. Cat, uh, we're all thinking of you. I've, I should think in Central Europe with the time at half past one in the morning and you probably still in hospital. You won't be tuned in now. But um, your dad might be. Hello. <laughs> uh, and we wish you all the best and hope to see you at the track uh, sooner rather than later. The sounds and for us at least the sights uh, of race cars thanks to our colleagues at NASCAR production so we can see all around the track Jeremy Shaw a bit of spray out there but nowhere near as bad as I thought it would be if I'm very honest no that's right it's it's, it's really isn't uh, that horrendous is it I mean you know it's it's fully wet out there will remain so for a while there's uh, running a bit deep there that's the number 31 uh, wheel and engineering Cadillac, who's shown at the wheel of that car out of the box, Felipe Nasser, yes, so good to see Felipe confirmed as being able to drive here, that was his intention, he of course has to, had to miss Daytona because of a positive COVID-19 test, but he tested negative earlier this week, he's obviously had another follow-up test that's negative as well, so here he is here back at the wheel of that car, I'm sure loving every minute of it, and very relieved to be back at the wheel of this car and the sound of the big Cadillac engine intoxicating. Uh, we talk about the summer of Mazda. Three runs, three wins uh, on the bounce last year consecutively and they really took the summer months to their hearts. Uh, they restarted the season at Daytona on the 4th of July, Saturday night, the 4th of July, uh, with some gusto. It's perhaps not the kind of weather they were hoping for, Jeremy Shaw, but you cannot deny that that Mazda now fully under the wing of Multimatic and being run by Larry Holt's team as well as the design and engineering work that they put into it in the first place. You cannot deny that Mazda is fast and at the front of the field, both the 55 in the dark soul red crystal and the 77 in the white livery uh, with the black and red stripes. You cannot deny those cars have got to be in with a chance. They are the form team at the moment. Very much so, John. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they have been for a while, haven't they? It was the end of last season. That was very much the, uh, the the team to beat. Same again at Daytona in January. Same again here two weeks ago. So uh, that is very much the favourite, I, I think, going into any race these days. 
Uh, the, you know, the, there's not really been any significant balance of performance change since Daytona. This is the first race of the regular season, if you like, because at Daytona they had their own separate balance of performance for each of the cars there. So here we're back on a kind of regular stream, which is really taken up from where we were at, at, uh, at Petit Le Mans the end of last year. Um, and yeah, the cars are, the cars are fast. You know, they've got good drivers. They 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 are full of confidence right now. You know, the team itself, yes, it's under new management, if you like, but in effect, nothing really, not too much has changed. The engineering group is still the same. Uh, all, most of the same people uh, are uh, are still there from before, at least in terms of the crew guys and the engineering staff in particular. And the people that are now running it, people like uh, Charlie Cadieu, who's been there for many years at Baltimatic, and Stephen Charles, who's been around this for a long, long time. He's been very much perhaps not integrally involved in the running of the team in the last couple of years, but he's certainly been there. So, you know, they are, they are perfectly placed to be able to carry on the momentum they have, John, yes. Early running, still with 52 minutes remaining, but important timing on the track, important time on the track for all the cars. Felipe Nasa is quickest at 2.09.311 ahead that number 31 Whelan car ahead of the 85 Tristan Fortier, JDC Miller, the bright yellow Cadillac. Then Harry Tignall in the 55, the dark red Mazda. Tristan Nunez in the 77 in the Multimatic run car. Then Ryan Briscoe in the 10, the, the black, the glossy black Wayne Taylor uh, racing machine. Uh, and he is ahead of Sebastian Bordet uh, in who just goes to the top, by the way, for JDC Miller in the number five. Now, that's interesting. That's, that should be entered as Mustang sampling rather than JDC Miller, shouldn't it? So, uh, and that is... Well, yeah, you're, watching, you're not watching the official time and scoring thing, are you? Uh, it's, that's it's, why. I've got, I've got both up at the moment, so that's fine. Uh, so that is Mustang sampling. It is run by JDC yep. Muller, Miller Motorsports, but uh, it yep. runs uh, under a, under a different title. And that was a change uh, at a, the end of last season, of course. And uh, uh, what a job they did at Daytona! I mean, absolutely superb. I mean, they Great. that was by far the fastest Cadillac uh, in, in race trim, uh, certainly with Sebastian Bordet at the wheel in any case, uh, came away with a, with a podium finish, here. two podium finishes to start the year for Sebastian Bordet. You know, that's, uh, that bodes well for that team for the rest of the year. They did an absolutely excellent job and no surprise to see him jumping immediately to the top here with, with the amount of experience he has. Sure. And it's really funny when you talk to Sebastian Bourdais and to Joao Barbosa, both champions, multi-time champions, they were expecting to get a few podiums this year if they could maybe squeak it. Well, two races, two podiums, and that has them tied for second in the points. They weren't expecting the podiums to come that quickly. Sebastian hasn't driven a prototype at Sebring since 2015 because he was a part of the Ford GT program. So he's run for the last four years in GTLM. The last time that he drove a prototype was an overall win in 2015 when he pretty much lapped the entire field. Yes, well remembered. Borde, Nazar, Vautier, Nunes, Tinknell, Briscoe. That's not a bad half dozen, Jeremy Shaw, is it? At the sharp end of the field. Uh, yeah, it's not. And, uh, you know, a top three within four tenths of a second. You know, the three, the three Cadillacs. You know, the, the Cadillac drivers are certainly pushing hard at this stage. We haven't yet seen either of the Acuras out on track. They were ready to go, weren't they, at the beginning of the session? 
Did they do an announcement at Ian? I think maybe they did. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's it. We, they didn't have a turn date. Yes, they have been out on the track. Uh, and actually, I think Montoya is out there now. Um, so, uh, but you know, the, perhaps the Mazdas and certainly the, the uh, Acres are not yet fully up to speed, but the Cadillac, you know, Cadillac, Cadillac guys, they're getting on with their program, as they always do. Let's uh, take a look at GT Le Mans. Well, this is Porsche weather, isn't it? Although, you know, I say that, and Porsches didn't go too well at Sebring uh, in the wet, did they? But it's Earl Bamba and Fred Makovecki for Porsche GT team. The 911 RSR 19s, first and second, with a 216.1 and a 216.2. Then it's Corvette. And in fact, Tommy Milner in the Corvette C8R goes to the top of the 216.104. Oh my goodness, 0 .2, uh, 0.020 between those two. Then it's Tony Garcia in fourth position. Conor Felipe, best of the BMWs in fifth position. In GTD, Team Hardpoint, Spencer Pumpelli. Quality stuff with the Audi. And we saw, spoiler alert here, don't want to know what happened in the um, Michelin race, just uh, turn the speakers down for about 10 seconds. We know how well the Audi went in the Michelin in GT4 form, and Spencer Pumpelli for Team Hardpoint doing the same again. He's a tenth ahead of Pat Long, who relishes these kind of uh, conditions in the right motorsport Porsche. Then it's the M. Vassar Sullivan Lexus of Alan, uh, Alan Tielitz. And they were uh, imperious weren't there last time out uh, behind them Gradient and Mark Miller the accurate doing very nicely indeed fourth position for those guys that is fantastic stuff uh, for the one of the new teams in the championship 47 minutes to go Bordet Nasa Montoya up into third so there's the there's the uh, answer from Team Penske, Jeremy, that you were asking for. Juan Montoya yes. up into third position, just 0 .058 away from second. 1.6 seconds, Bordier, faster than the field. Yeah, that, that'll fire up Montoya, I can tell you. If nothing else does, that will, uh, to see Bordet that much quicker. Uh, Bordet, he just brought that car into the pits. He's completed five laps, so thank you very much. That was kind of good fun. Uh, over to you, Joao, I would think. Uh, we, we, we will find out uh, shortly whether Gerard Barbosa will take over the wheel of that car now. But he's the first of the uh, of the of the of the cars to turn a you know, reasonable number of laps, a half a, a handful, and bring that car onto the pit lane. Everybody else now going to try and see if they can match his time. This is all of a sudden getting very competitive indeed. These drivers have clearly been like thoroughbred racehorses, waiting for the start of a top class sprint event and straining on the bit chomping on the bit to get going and the moment we've let them out there still a bit of spray in the air oh, oh, do we think they're on wets here they must be on wets yes. here jeremy yeah i would think so john yes i, I would think so at this stage 
uh, the track was pretty pretty slick. I mean, Daytona, you can get away with it because of the banking. Uh, you've really just got to survive through the infield section there, through yeah. the two horseshoes of the kink, uh, and then get up onto the banking in, in turn six. But uh, you know, the, the rest of the track, it's 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 not really that much of a problem in the uh, with with slick tires on a wet track. But here, yeah, I'm sure they're on wet. Everybody's on wets now. Hello to everybody. Good, good luck Sorry. there by Ryan to yell, by the way. Fastest in the uh, LMP2 cars. Yes. Uh, up into seventh position overall. 209.9. I mean, you take you take uh, take Sebastian Bourdais out of the picture. He's only a second and a half behind Philippe Nasser. That's a stout effort by the Scotsman Ryan to yell. Do you think he's driven in these sort of conditions before, though, Never. Ryan to yell from Scott? Never. Possibly. Uh, sun cracking the flags always in Bonnie Scotland. Uh, this message brought to you by the Scottish Tourist Board um, the, uh, uh, and, uh, and, and single malt whiskey tours uh, if you don't mind uh, into the pits for the, uh, the number 8 car as that now comes in in it's, it's uh, uh, sorry said Ryan Dialli yes indeed uh, that is the Tower Motorsports by Starworks let's get that right as he pulls in as Jeremy said from 7th position at IMSA Radio hello to Sarah Rigby who's listening uh, for a few minutes before she heads off to bed at what is it quarter to one in the morning on a Friday night though nobody's going to get up early on Saturday uh, so you can stay listening to us for a wee while if you're in the UK a little bit later in Europe but the crackling sounds of engines from Sebring certainly enough to keep my attention as the black shiny black Cadillac with the white one going down towards the hotel hairpin and oh and misses the breaking point I, I was just about to say there Jeremy that I know that you have to respect the bumps at Sebring it looks even bumpier than I remember it from the last time we were here breaking just before the change of surface and then there's a huge bump that pops the front Michelin's off the ground and rather sensibly uh, Ryan Briscoe thinks I'm going to take the escape road there not try to try to make that yeah right yeah good decision smart decision there from Ryan yeah, he's uh, his best lap so far is yeah, a couple of seconds or so away from Sebastian Bourdais his last lap was a 2.089 was that his fastest lap uh, no, it wasn't actually. It was it was a second, half a second away from his best lap. I mean, the track is drying out, so you know, he's just kind of pushing the envelope now and trying to eke away at that time and just realise he's overset the mark just a little bit down there into the hairpin. So made the smart decision to go straight on, and uh, didn't hit anything. No harm, no foul. Carry on, learn. If you're trackside at the moment, uh, thank you for your patience uh, at Sebring International Raceway and. Thank you for your endurance as well. I know there's only a limited amount uh, of spectators being allowed, uh, but there's a few RVs around the place, and quite clearly uh, a number of you have turned out. And thank you to our audio colleagues for patching us again from IMSA Radio into the PA system. And I think you're in for a cracking weekend. The Michelin race, I thoroughly, the pilot race, I thoroughly enjoyed. There's a prototype challenge race uh, that will I believe start without qualifying not sure how they're going to set the grid whether it'll be from FP2 or championship positions and then of course we have the Cadillac 
Grand Prix of Sebring as well, all on Saturday. It's a Friday-Saturday meeting. Uh, we're into the final throws of the action on Friday local time. JDC, bright yellow prototype coming into turn one and bouncing around and a huge sideways moment for the 85 car and that was because they turned in uh, on the white line and that was Tristan Vautier who had to go very wide at turn one but somehow managed to keep hold of it but the right hand side Michelin Jeremy Shaw just as he turned in was on the extreme marker white line on the right hand side before he turned in just enough to upset the car as he went in it's still that wet and greasy yeah it is isn't it and you know the, the, the track doesn't seem to be getting significantly better at this stage now it's sort of uh, i think you know, a lot of the sort of standing water that was that was lying on the racetrack when they when they went out is that's been dissipated but it certainly isn't, isn't drying out, perhaps as quickly as I might have expected. How far into this session are we? 19 minutes into this session, so 40 minutes to go. But there is clearly a, a dry line on the line. But if you have to get off that line, it is very, very slippery indeed. New second Castro place. Castroneves up to second place. Yeah, Castroneves. Elio Castroneves in the number seven Acura. So splits the two Cadillacs of Bordet and Vautier. Gustavo Menezes to the top in LMP2 in car number 81, a 209.8 for Menezes. Good to see Gustavo back at the wheel of an IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship car as well. He got this opportunity with the Dragon Speed team to, to join up this weekend with Henrik Hedman. And yeah, I'm sure he's excited to be back here and he's going to make the most of it as well. He always does, doesn't he? Yeah. At that time, a 109.8. Um, again, just, uh, you know, it's only three quarters of a second away from the time that has been set so far by Harry Ticknell in the number 55 Mazda. Uh, and changes in GT Le Mans as well, the all-conquering uh, Corvettes from uh, from Daytona. Ollie Gavin to the top, Antonio Garcia uh, sitting in second position, so four from three there. Great interview, thoroughly enjoyed talking to programme manager uh, Doug Feehan after the 100th IMSA uh, victory and uh, I tell you what we'll play that after this session I know Tim's listening uh, up in London and uh, so if we can replay the Doug Feehan interview after this uh, session for those who haven't heard it although it is available for download or listen on demand change in GTD as well Bill Oberlin leading Mark Miller for Gradient Racing and the accurate NSX in second. They haven't had a lot of pace so far in the free practice sessions. And I wonder if they've just been hiding their light under a bushel or is it just that Mark Miller likes the wet? Shea Adam has more on one of the new teams in the GT Daytona category of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship in this VP Racing Fuels update. We know that Mark Miller likes to drive in the wet, and we know that he was sitting in the trailer, twiddling his thumbs, <laughs> waiting for an opportunity to go as the Michelin Pilot Challenge race was on. 
wishing that he could drive anything in the rain conditions. Well, he got his wish. But as far as the gradient racing actor is concerned, they didn't have the debut at Daytona that they were hoping for. But the good news was Till Bechtelsheimer got a lot more track time than expected because of that lower position. They put him back in the car to give him experience. They thought that there was something wrong with the car in between the races. They worked on it. They figured out something that they think made a positive impact. And judging by Mark Miller's time, I'd say it worked. Yeah, they've got certainly got something. And Till loves the wet, by the way. That's the other thing. Comes from a an, an historic racing and vintage racing background. So a car moving around underneath him is not something he's worried about. And in some ways, actually, it might make him even more confident. And I know exactly what he means when he talks about that. Because when I've driven downforce cars and even little downforce prototypes in the, the past, when it gets wet... Uh, I actually, percentage-wise and proportionately, I'm, I'm further up the field because I'm feeling for grip rather than having to believe in in the downforce. Uh, GDC, Penske, Penske, GDC. Mm, two teams bossing the top four positions in DPI, Jeremy Shaw. Yeah, isn't that right? And uh, the, you know, the two masters uh, languishing a little bit at the moment. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't put that down to any problems necessarily for them so far. Uh, I think you know, maybe maybe they're out there on a, on a full tank of fuel. Maybe they're, you know, maybe whatever. It, it's hard to know, but uh, I certainly wouldn't be concerned about that at this stage. Uh, yeah, I think, as Shay was saying earlier on, it's 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 very easy here to make a mistake in these sort of conditions and and wrap it around a fence here, and you can do yourself a lot of damage. So you yeah. certainly don't want to be to, to be doing that at this stage of the weekend. It's a it's going to be a, you know, a, a an action-packed day tomorrow with uh, a practice of qualifying and, and the race, so you can't afford to uh, have the, the crew working more hard than they, than they already need to. Yeah, and a little bit of a contrast in budget, I would think, between JDC Miller, uh, the two cars that they've got entered, and Team Penske. Would, I, I, I don't know, <laughs> might, maybe just the odd five cents, uh, half a dollar here and there in, in the in, in the advantage of Penske there, Jeremy, would you say? Yeah, fair comment. I think it probably could be right there. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't argue against that. Uh, uh, good Ryan to see Brisk I think Sorry, we've had ahead. every car out on track now, I think, except good. for the uh, Performance Tech um, LMP2 car, kind of 38. I think everybody else has been out on track at this, this stage. So that's certainly good to see and I'm surprised that Performance Tech hasn't been out there as well actually. Cameron Castles though, he's going to be driving that car. He's one of the guys who's got, been driving all sorts of things uh, during the break um, and uh, of course he should have been out in the PC car, the prototype challenge car today as well. Did the practice this morning, didn't get in qualifying but he'll be pulling double duty tomorrow in car number 38. Yeah, the Performance Tech guys, another team that have withdrawn from Le Mans. Five cars withdrawing from Le Mans and uh, so that meant a, a couple of teams promoted up to uh, from the reserve list we've now got 60 cars on the list Pl absolutely between 30 prototypes and 30 GT uh, cars by far the P2 and the uh, GT EAM categories the biggest still some interest we see still there from the IMSA championship but clearly the travel worries uh, and restrictions as they are now uh, causing one or two teams not to be able to take up their invitations I did hear that D station Aston Martin from Japan were offered uh, a, a, an entry and and declined so now's your chance John well uh, it's it's too late the entries are in 
Although there's a few, I'll tell you what, I bet there's a few seats, If I, I'm being deadly serious for people here, for drivers, they'll all want a bit of money, I would have thought, but anybody who fancies a go at Le Mans in September with nearly 14 hours of darkness, um, then if you like driving in the dark, this is the Le Mans to do, and I, there's a few teams, and Shea and I were talking about this earlier, weren't we, Shea? about how many teams have not got a full complement of drivers listed against them at the moment for Le Mans. Yeah, and there were a few uh, teams on the entry list that we know they're full complement of drivers and they still weren't listed. So that begs another question as to whether drivers have dropped out on top of teams. It's an interesting query that we're going to have to wait and sit, stand by until we do get a proper full entry list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a, there are a lot of question marks right now, aren't there? I mean, you know, this, this yeah. Simon Trummer's not here because here this weekend because, you know, he he uh, he's decided not to make the trip out here. Correct. Um, through uh, through his concerns over where the virus situation is right now, and there's other drivers as well in the same boat. There's quite a few drivers in the same boat. Yeah, he's with Algarve uh, Pro Racing, uh, Stuart Cox's team, and uh, he will be at Ricard this weekend racing in the first round of the ELMS. We'll have coverage of that over on RS1 with Bruce Jones and the voice of the ELMS and the WEC for us here at RSL. That's Johnny Palmer. They'll be covering that. There's, there's barely any crossover uh, if things go at the time. So you will be able to catch both of those or you can do it on catch-up. And, of course, we'll have sound and vision uh, from Le Castellet over the weekend with the Road to Le Mans as well. Kind of looking forward to this weekend with MotoGP being back IndyCar, just watch the IndyCar qualifying on a bit of catch-up in between races. the sessions. Two races for IndyCar. Your boys did all right in IndyCar qualifying, Jeremy Shaw, from uh, Team USA. Got to get that one in. So I gather. So I gather. Have you not seen it yet? I haven't seen it. I did see, I did see uh, some of the order, but uh, it's going to be on, it's, it's on TV here. Uh, and I'm going to be watching that probably, maybe on a bit of a delay fairly shortly. Ah, right, I'll leave, I'll leave it to <laughs> you. Really entertainment. Yeah, I, I watched yes, that it's, in it's the gap. Exciting so. to see. Exciting to see. Yeah, and the return of MotoGP is something I'm very excited at at Jerez yes. uh, this weekend. A lot of changes uh, this year. Looking forward to that. Uh, so plenty going on this weekend. I hope you can find the time to stay with us for our IMSA WeatherTech sports car coverage we'll have uh, full coverage of qualifying tomorrow whether you're in the US or further afield we've got that in sound and vision and as far as the race is concerned uh, 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 Sirius XM uh, and of course uh, RS2 IMSA radio uh, if you're in the US uh, then check the NBC sports coverage that's going to be Calvin Fish Kevin Lee and AJ Allmendinger in the booth up at Charlotte for the coverage of that. Uh, Brian Till in the pits on site, and Brian will be with Jeremy for the IMSA Prototype Challenge race, which is also tomorrow. Just 10 cars for that, which is um, not uh, no, what we'd expect. 13. Is it 13? Yes. Excellent, even better. That's good. I do like those yeah, GT3 cars. There were only 10. I think 11 set a time in the first practice season, but two of them were out on the track and had transponder problems. There quite a few teams with transponder problems here yeah. this weekend for some reason. I tried to get to the bottom of that, but didn't get a reply. Uh, but no, I believe there should be 13 cars in the race. Mark Miller's just done the fastest sector, middle sector, the long sector, of anybody in uh, the GT Daytona category. 
Fifth position for Gradient Racing. This is great for Gradient Racing. And goes to the top of the class. 18th position overall with a 216-290 for the number 22, Acura NSX. This the team that was uh, born out of CJ Wilson racing. A lot of the same people, a lot of this, all of the same passion, enthusiasm and professionalism. And Till Bechtelsheimer and Mark Miller, the driving talent there, absolutely quality as he heads to the top of GT Daytona. That's very... He's only half a second away from Jordan Taylor's time in the Corvette. Yeah, and it's that, of course, is the only Acura racing here this weekend. The two uh, Maya Shank cars not here this weekend because they are not competing in the Sprint Cup. They're only doing... The, the full championship season, the full WeatherTech championship season, not the WeatherTech Sprint Cup. So just the one accurate here this weekend for gradient racing. As you say, Mark Miller there until Bechtelsheim are really flying that flag extremely well in this practice session. We've got some quick times flowing in right now, though. We've got uh, Felipe Nasser to the top overall, a 203.3. That's by almost three seconds uh, is uh, Nasser now on the top. I wonder whether... Uh, there, there might be a change in tyres here at this stage, I don't know. But certainly that's a, a very, very quick time for Felipe Nasser. Three seconds quicker than Stephen Simpson now up into second place in the JDC Miller Motorsports Cadillac Carnival 85. That pushes Sebastian Bourdais, who is still in the pits, having completed just nine laps in third position. Uh, I, I've got to say Mark Miller's doing a cracking job because he's been on the same set of rain tyres, I believe, since he started. Just getting news from the pits that there was a shock adjust, adjustment on the last stop. And according to the team, it's still not quite dry enough for slicks. Remember, and I know I keep saying this, but it's important to say, there's for all of the... Take GT Le Mans out of this for the other categories... Everybody else has one compound of slick tyre, one compound of rain tyre. And so you've got to get that crossover point absolutely spot on. Otherwise, you're in real trouble. And at the moment, Gradient have got it spot on. Let's be quite clear about that. That's brilliant stuff uh, from those guys. As Bill Orbelin goes even quicker... And Mark Miller is all of a sudden down in third position, fourth position, as Bill Oberlin goes up the 16th overall in the Turner Motorsport car. I would say now, Jeremy, it's starting to dry out. Uh, absolutely, of course it is, yes, uh, finally. And, uh, and I think now people, you know, I think for a while they were running on... on, on on higher fuel loads a little bit. I think now you know the track is drying a little out, out somewhat. There's now a, a wider dry, dry, dry line out there. So times are going to improve and they're going to continue to do so for the next, how long we've got to go in the session? 25 minutes. Yeah, still plenty of that. And oh, this is just magnificent. I, I really love a drying track. Jeremy, you, you will remember we've had a couple of really good wet and drying qualifying sessions I remember we had a huge thunderstorm biblical thunderstorm at Lime Rock Park a few years ago and we didn't think we were going to get any qualifying off and we got a couple of three qualifying sessions off late in the afternoon and the uh, the 
main event was the last one and it was literally last car out across the line was on pole last man gets pole and it was just magnificent i love these conditions yeah they're great aren't they i mean uh, it's so much fun to be out there right now if the car's working well uh, then you know the drivers are absolutely are loving it because they, they know they can make a difference in these sort of conditions. I think that's you know that we're seeing you know the first guys that, that go to the top right away and then other people will catch them up. It's those it's those trendsetters. You know Sebastian Bourdais, Mark Miller here for a little while. You know they're the guys that everybody's aiming at, and that's that's what makes this sort of these sort of conditions so much fun. Uh, and Ryan Diel and Gustavo Menezes they've been going to a back and forth in LMP2. It's now Ryan Diel who's back to the top in P2 with a 208.9. That's been a, a fun little exchange between those two. Let's see who's doing all the hard work at the moment. Well, still Starworks leading it out uh, in LMP2. Uh, that's the Tower Motorsport by uh, Starworks. Ryan DL has given that car over to the Canadian John Ferrano, and he's getting some experience now Gustavo Menezes has closed down to under a second now in the Dragon Speed car in LMP2 love the fact Jeremy that we've got an LMP2 field here uh, you know LMP2 difficult perhaps for one or two people to justify it IMSA went back to the team said what do you want they listened to the constituency that was potentially LMP2 entrance, put together a championship based around what they had asked for. And in fairness to all of those teams, they have uh, rewarded IMSA and, 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 and showed their loyalty by entering cars. Yeah, good to see, isn't it? And I know some of the teams have been struggling uh, to put programs together and uh, Bobby Oracle, you know, he was super excited coming into this season for PR1 Matheson Motorsports, had every intention of running two cars uh, and was, was certainly planning to do so for, for the bulk of the season but he's had, a, he had with the COVID-19 problems that, that have cropped up, that's taking quite a few um, bronze rated drivers kind of out of the picture for yes. various reasons and certainly that is why uh, he's only running one car here and in fact even just a couple of days ago he wasn't even sure whether Patrick Kelly could make it because he Patrick Kelly who's the gold, the uh, bronze driver in that number 52 car he had some sort of opposition to overcome uh, which he's managed to do uh, and he is here and uh, and he's got Spencer Piggott alongside him great to see Spencer have an opportunity in this in this in this paddock as well uh, but uh, it certainly has been you know, not easy to uh, get around these problems with with the, the fact that you have it's mandated that you must have at least one bronze driver in the LP2 car. Yeah, and, and that means non-pro drivers, for those of you that don't know uh, that, yeah. so, so, you know, yeah. you know, I, I'm sub-bronze. I'm not sure I'm, I'm up to bronze yet. I, you know, I, I dream of being a bronze driver. Uh, but, but that means somebody who has probably got another substantive job, Jeremy. And in, this, in these difficult times, that means, you know, travel, if you're not from the US, possibly difficult. Uh, certainly, if you're a businessman, justifying spending money on motor racing, if you've got staff still furloughed or things are difficult yeah. on the business sense, clearly difficult as well. We, we've seen, uh, albeit not in, in this championship, but in the, the Michelin Pilot Challenge, TGM, Ted Giovannis Motorsport, Ted 
runs, among other things, a medical foundation who, which takes up a lot of his time away from the track, and they are they are working with their algorithms and such like, and their, and their research to help find a cure or at least a vaccine for COVID because they've got they've got experience in the cancer world and apparently there's some crossover there. You can't criticise any of these guys who are bronze-rated drivers for not being able to come to the track. So, what we got? 21 minutes. This has flown over. Starting to get into the gloaming now as we are still looking at the Philippe Nazar time from earlier on, then the two Team Penske's and then the uh, second of the JDC cars in fourth position. That is the one that's run under their own name. Let's go to uh, Shea Adams. Shea is our VP Racing Fuels pit and paddock correspondent. So she's got the report from what the drivers are saying to their teams about track conditions. Shea, what can you tell us? Jordan Taylor said a few laps ago that if this was in a race, this is the time to go from wet until full dry tires. They have decided to do that with both cars and both cars are right now getting ready to make that change. So let's see, let's watch those Corvettes, the four and the three. Right now they are first and second on the timing. They've just left the pit lane. Let's see what they can do. Yeah, and Andy Lally has just split them. So I wonder whether Andy Lally has, has done exactly that in that, uh, in that GRT Magnus Lamborghini. Uh, because uh, he's just turned the best lap for Andy Lally of uh, two bits 10.4, which is, uh, uh, you know, as I say, oh. it splits two Corvettes at the top of the GTLM field. That's pretty stout, isn't it? That's kind of fun. Uh, stand by your beds, everybody. Um, people, Durrani's out. Top of the shop for that Cadillac with a 155.582. Just popped up on my timing screen. So it's Wheel and Engineering, Penske, Penske, and then the 5 and 85, Mustang Sampling and JDC cars. Bordeaux just put that car's fastest lap. Time's beginning to come down. But Pipo Tarani, 155, 582. He has been, I think, Jeremy, I think it's fair to say he has been unleashed. Yes, and again, I, I, would, I would suggest that yeah, he might too have made that, uh, might not have made that switch. When you, when you see somebody go that much faster than everybody else, you're either it's a, a, a a set of brand new tyres, uh, but I think, you know, I mean, if we look here through the Jean Debian curves, we can see a couple of cars coming around there. Uh, the the uh, You don't want to get offline coming off the corner, certainly, but through the corner, it's now a, looks pretty dry through there. And at the beginning of the session, there was a big, deep puddle, wasn't there? Just right. going into that uh, right, left, right sequence. Starting to pick up one or two of the trackside lights just casting some shadows and reflecting from the highly polished bodywork of the DPIs as they go down the front street. Uh, there isn't, there aren't any floodlights here on the track and it is quite murky. We've got the benefit of looking at uh, uh, TV pictures provided and brilliantly done by the way. Thank you to Roger, to Keith and the rest of the team up at Charlotte for providing us with the picture and to the very excellent Alex who has made sure that we get all the uh, sound and vision that we need in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. 
and the cameras are so good nowadays it is much brighter on the screens that we are watching than it actually is out there for the drivers i can see the headlights now reflecting on the exit from the hotel hairpin the the public road is not too far away there and i can see the headlights actually reflecting on the street signs outside the track so it is quite murky out there at the moment the lights that are on are for spectator purposes and for people moving around on the infield they're not pointed at the track and so it is getting as i say into the gloaming at the moment there's still one or two little puddles out there as well but people to rani 155.582 last time around and he's had a pretty clear lap this time he may just uh, improve at uh, body improves up to second i know this is not a race or a qualifying session jeremy i'm, I'm actually enfused yeah. by this this is great uh, yeah absolutely completely agree with you john i mean this is fun like i said a little while ago this you know the drivers know they can make a difference they know they can shine they know they can make it make kind of make a name for themselves or, or enhance their reputations if you like as, as easily as they can destroy them if they make a mistake of course <laughs> but you know they they always relish that opportunity uh, and that's what we're seeing right now you know tri tricky conditions it's you know it, we're now within 10 seconds of the of the dry weather times so um, there's no doubt in my mind that they're all on, on dry weather tires now the quick guys and so times are going to continue to tumble and uh, we're seeing other people now I'm sure coming on to pit lane to make that same change so Where's Andy Lally now? He's, yeah, Andy Lally, you know, he's still only been beaten by a couple of the GTLM cars. That's Lawrence Vanthorpe, the top, top there in the number 912 Porsche. I was just... 9.1. As I say, that Jordan Taylor goes into the eights in the Corvette number three. Is it? Wasn't it? Weren't the Corvettes impressive at Daytona? Oh. I mean, it was super tight, that whole class, I thought, at Daytona in, in GTLM. But uh, hats off to the Corvette team for finally getting that monkey off their back. Been so long, hadn't it? Looking for that 100th win on US soil. And what better place for that to happen? Yeah, and I, I, I did say it literally under the Rockets' red glare for America's uh, sports cars because we did have the fireworks going off 4th of July weekend. And, and, and we spoke about this on Midweek Motorsports here uh, and, and with Doug Feehan. I mean, it was so tight in that class uh, the last time out in GT Le Mans. I know it's only a relatively small field, but what was the, the spread of lap times? Was it a second, 1.1 seconds or something like that, the best laps? It was just under one second from the fastest driver in GTLM to the slowest driver in GTLM. Oh, right. So that's that is including every single one of the 16 participants in the category wow. but it's interesting to, to think about and gtlm because, as well yes in different conditions yes, yes good point jeremy good yes point. in very different conditions but as far as gtlm is concerned at sebring it will be a first time win at this track for one of the models of these cars because the c8r the m8 and the 911 rsr 19 they have never won the 12 hours oh, sebring point. before yeah. And the M8 will represent BMW, which hasn't won at the Sebring 12 Hours since before the merger in 2014. Wow. Uh, Doug Feehan was saying in the interview, which we'll play uh, after uh, after this, um, looking back on that, they felt, uh, you know, this is the, the BOP, and he gave, he gave IMSA and the technical department, Jeremy, a, a massive amount of credit. He thought the BOP... For, for Daytona was probably the best they'd been for a long time and and the stats bear bear that out it's so difficult 
because everybody is is trying to to get an advantage. But also we saw one of their cars uh, won the race. The other one with a great chance of being on the podium. Two laps of fuel short the were and had to try and save. That was the difference between Corvette cleaning up and one of the Corvettes not being on the podium. Yeah, very interesting, wasn't it? And, and actually, I was talking to some of the Acura guys uh, in between the two races, and they feel that uh, you know their car it wasn't far off the pace of the other guys, but they, they always seem to struggle a bit more on a, on a longer run than, yeah. than than the Cadillacs or, or the Mazas. But also, they felt they were kind of handicapped a little bit on the fuel. They feel that they need a bit more fuel to be able to. Uh, to really run with these other guys in, in, in an overall race pace. but uh, And were they, were they prepared to talk about what the engine problem was for the, the car that went out at Daytona? Forgot to ask, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> That's all right. It was spectacular. Uh, it certainly was. It was uh, nothing trivial, was it? No, no. It was... <laughs> Yeah, electrical problem. It's always an electrical problem. Yes. All right, we're down to the last 13 minutes. Jeremy, you've got a point on the mighty 38. Yes, the uh, Performance Tech Motorsports team, I just texted uh, Brent O'Neill there. Of course, he's had a lot of success here as a driver himself in the old days, back in the old Camel Lights days, amongst other things. And uh, I just asked him why his team wasn't out during this session. Everybody else has been, has been out on track and turning you know, a reasonable number of laps. I think everybody's done at least 14 or 15 laps at this stage, or a dozen anyhow. Uh, he says, look, it was super, it was really wet at the beginning of the session. Both of his drivers, that being Cameron Castles and Carl Masson, have lots of experience around this track in wet conditions, really nothing for them to learn. So that's oh, why the number okay. 38 car alone has not been out on track during this session. All right. Yeah, all right. Uh, hard to argue. It's very dark now, guys. Very dark indeed out there. Get the candles and the uh, the miners' helmet on. Uh, Renger von der Zander goes to the top, 155.007. He's half a second ahead of Pipo Durrani, who's just left the pit lane, who is two-tenths of a second ahead of Stephen Simpson for the 85 Yellow Submarine. What well, would have been the Yellow Submarine earlier on? The banana boat, uh, as it's called. Team Penske go up in the second. Ricky Taylor. Now, this is it. We're starting to throw overhand right now. And I am not going to put... I'm not allowed to put any money on anything, to be honest. But even if I was, there's no chance you're going to put any money on who's going to be top at the end of this. Mazda's coming back as well, just a little bit. In GT Le Mans, Oli Gavin back to the top for Corvette Racing. Uh, Jordan Taylor second. Then Porsche in the shape of uh, Lawrence Van Tour. He'll be setting that car up wow. for qualifying. Oh, big wow. moments. What a, Jeremy. What a lap there from Gustavo Menezes in the LMP2 Dragon Speed car. Fifth fastest overall and a 155.8. As we were talking, that was that was within three quarters of a second of the fastest time of all. Having said that, since then, of course, Renger van der Zander and Stephen Simpson have now got down into the 51s. So now we really are flowing around, John. You're absolutely right. But the a great lap there by Gustavo Menezes. He's now got, uh, well, a chunk of time over everybody else in uh, in LMP2. Problem for like Rob. Like 13 seconds. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Rob Furriol with a bit of a control alt delete on the team Hardpoint. That's a, another team who are stepping up. We've got two Audis now, GT4 and a GT3 car. Uh, and he at the moment sitting in eighth position in GTT. Looks like... He had a little bit of an issue coming into turn three, but he's managed to keep the car running. Uh, had a spin uh, as well, and then the car was being somewhat... Ah, hang on. He's left 
front tyre and wheel assembly. Um, not as it came out of Audi Customer Sport Racing, I would say. And I'm not sure whether he's even going to try and get that car back. He's in the runoff area on the exit of the Hotel Hairpin. He, he went straight on there, which I think was very sensible. And he's parked it as far away from the track as he possibly could do. Uh, but the left-hand front wheel and tyre was canted in at the bottom very, very much, to the point where he's either had a failure on his suspension or there's a tyre that's not been fastened on properly there. And I think he's been very sensible and, and somewhat considerate to his other competitors with nine and a half minutes remaining, Jeremy, just to get that car off the track. Oh, Mustang Sampling, number five, off and off so far. He's almost had to show his pass to get back in again. Where's that? Is that the same place? I think it's the same place. Yeah, yes. I think he turned left where uh, Rob turned right to just sort of park it on the sort yes. of no man's land there. Oh, that was a massive lockup. Yeah, and wow. that was on the grass. And a that was really rather weird. Fabulous save Ooh. by Joao Barbosa. How he kept yeah. that car out of the wall. Now, in the old days, you used to go all the way down to the end of there. Yeah. And now you know why that was changed. Because if you yeah. had the kind of incident that Joao had had there, you'd have been on the public road. That looked yeah. like rear brakes locking up or maybe locking under a downshift uh, for that car. It, but it, it was a scary moment. And he, well, he had fronts and rears locked up at one stage. Then he's on the grass. Then his pit lane speed limiter is kicked in at some stage because he's got his light, rear lights flashing at the back. Or is that just the rain light? That might just be the rain light. I'll take that back. But he's done a fabulous job on wet grass, Jeremy, to get that car yeah. back under control. Yeah, that was very, very impressive because he was in trouble there and he knew he was in trouble and uh, he kept his wits about him and, and got uh, got the car back semi under control and certainly got into into a place where he where he knew he was going to be safe. Great driving by Joao Barbosa. That was very Red scary. Flag. Red flag. Yeah, out. that'll end the session, I think, with seven, call it eight minutes uh, remaining. Although it's dark, it's clearly still not cold because Tani has the uh, short sleeve shirt on. Uh, and we've got another car, it's BMW, that's the uh, Liquid Molly Turner car, and that car was dead stick and no lights as well in sixth position in the GT Daytona class for Robbie Foley, who's done a lot of work today already, but drove both Turner cars in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Yeah, he's got problems with that, so I wonder if there's just a little bit of water getting uh, into the systems, I'm just so impressed at how Joao Barbosa managed to kick that car sideways and then yeah. get it stopped. If he kept going there, he could have drove back through the hotel car park and just parked <laughs> it up and, and went back to his room uh, there. Order, order, the about it. order the steak sandwich and a nice beverage, I think, at that point, Jeremy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah chaps, <laughs> go get the car. It's out, it's out around the back of the hotel. He's, he kept it running. And he's, he's reversing that car back. That's impressive. He's got it out of harm's way. Yeah, that's experience there from Jarbo yeah. Bosa. Really, really impressive. Great job there. Just in GTD, a couple of notes. Jack Hawksworth had gone fastest uh, just a few minutes ago in the number 14 AM Vassar Sullivan Lexus RC3. Uh, he had just eclipsed Andy Lally by uh, ooh, about half a second, actually. And just after he came into the pits and before we went red, Paul Halton 
in the Compass Racing McLaren 720S GT3. He has gone fastest in GT Daytona with a 206.0. That's four tenths quicker than the Daytona winner, Jack Hawksworth. So that McLaren that showed so well at Daytona didn't get the result, of course, because of the dramas they had even reaching the... the, 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 the pit lane before the race unfortunately had to start from the back and it was on the back foot thereafter but once again showing good pace here yeah it was quick rumble young man rumble as the caddy uh, takes off back towards the track we've got a couple of cars that need uh, picking up i'm just checking the time it is still running we're down to five and a half uh, minutes to go. Not the first time that Robbie Foley has had a BMW sort of cough and splutter on him today, Shea Adam. No, and um, spoiler alert for those of you who want to save the Michelin Pilot Challenge race for a little bit later. I'll give you a second. Okay, it happened to Robbie earlier when he jumped <laughs> out of the number 95 Turner Motorsport BMW and jumped into the 96. He wasn't behind the wheel of the 96 for very long, though, as his car, in, as the 96 is the car he's running this race, too. Ah. Um, it, it ground to a halt uh, just after the pit lane exit between turn 16 and 17. This time his GTD car has come to a stop out on track near turn 13. So Robbie didn't quite make it as far around the track, but was yet further away from the pit lane than he needed to be. I don't think Robbie will be too upset to be done driving today, though. Johnny's already had a lot of track time. Yes, he has indeed. Beautiful evening as the sun sinks slowly in the west, uh, as it and is wont to do. And it, we're about to, 10 minutes, we're about 10 minutes past now, are we not, where the race will finish tomorrow, is that right? In theory, yes. Yes, in theory, yes. <laughs> you, you're spot on. And we've still got the grass cutting going on uh, with various high-vis flashing lights and LEDs. Uh, we had three earlier, we're up to five, who are now... Uh, firing around it's now formation gra grass cutting i'm sure they were racing earlier on but it's it's that it's it, it's it's like the blue angels the way they're going on now the red <laughs> arrows uh they're, they're practicing uh, for later on i'm not sure we're going to get this uh back underway uh, which uh, gives us the opportunity to run down some times for you Renga van der zander wayne taylor racing 151.152 seconds ahead of Stephen Simpson by a couple of tenths. JDC and their own entry, the 85, in second position ahead of the Wheeling car. Checkered flag is out, so we won't restart this session. So the Wheeling, Wheeling number 31, uh, another 1.2 seconds further back. And I don't think we read too much into the gaps, Jeremy, because the, the track was changing so rapidly at the end of that session. Uh, agreed, uh, but certainly I think all of the teams will they will have learned something useful during this evening's session. Some of them had a good you know, a good run there at the end on a on a not quite totally dry track, but drying the track. That 151.1 set the fastest time by Renga van der Zander in that session. That sets that uh, compares to the race lap record that was set last year by Harry Tinknell at a 147.4. So less than four seconds away from that fastest time. Um, and again, yeah, no one was looking for ultimate pace here this evening, I'm sure. But I think a lot to be learned and a, and a, you know, a great way to finish off the day. And uh, particularly with pictures 
like we can see now. Yeah, we're fortunate to see that. We'll have those for qualifying for everybody, of course, thanks to our colleagues up at Charlotte at NASCAR Productions and the hard work of the camera operators who've had to endure quite a lot at Sebring as well. Thank you, everybody. Hello to Simon Kerr, who tweeted at uh, IMSA Radio, excitement of real racing is palpable, even in a free practice session. You're not wrong there. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy that. Listen, I love the e-racing and the virtual stuff, and we're continuing to, to cover it this year uh, on the RSL network. But that was fun. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you very much to Shea Adam and to... Uh, thank you to Shea Adam, our VP, Racing Fuels, Pit and Paddock correspondent, and to Jeremy Shaw, who joined me in the Haggerty global broadcast center coming up next if you haven't heard the michelin pilot race that comes up next and then we'll have doug feehan with the uh, look back on the 100th imsa victory for corvette here's how it stood at the end i'll give you the put the uh, fastest laps gtd compass racing mclaren number 76 from jack hawksworth in vasa sullivan uh, and in second place then GRT Magnus Lamborghini in third from Riley Gar Robinson, who put in a cracking time uh, at the end there as it was dry, drying up. GT Le Mans, Porsche, Corvette, Corvette, Porsche. Uh, Lawrence Vanter, 912. Uh, Jordan Taylor in the number three from Ollie Gavin in the number four. And then Nick Tandy. LMP2, Gustavo Menezes ahead by a street, not even in the same zip code, postal code, call it what you will. He was seventh overall with an outstanding lap of 155.897. The next best LMP2 over two minutes, two minutes and uh, eight seconds, I think. Let me have a look. Uh, two minutes, eight, yeah. Uh, and in DPI, Ringer van der Zander for Wintiller Racing in the number 10, ahead of Stephen Simpson for JDC, Pete Tarani for Whelan, then Ricky Taylor for Penske and Dan Cameron for Penske. Those were your top five, separated by 2.8 seconds. But as I said to Jeremy, let's not worry too much about uh, the gaps. Thank you for staying with us into the wee small hours in Europe. Thank you for listening at, at Sebring. And a very great thanks to everybody at, at Charlotte for making sure we could see all of the track. Jeremy and Shea. Take a breath. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Uh, we've got another couple of races and some qualifying, so don't miss it. It's all on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV for the moment from Sebring International Raceway and the Cadillac Grand Prix of Sebring. Thanks for watching and listening. Bye-bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.